Welcome to the Christ Community Church podcast. We are diving into Sunday, March 26, 2023 sermon, just in case there's another March 26 at some point, uh, titled Jesus in Pain. I am Ryan Balby and joined by... I'm Blake. I'm the high school pastor. And just to be clear, there will be another March 26th at one point. Yes. And it will be on a Sunday at some point, but it'll be a few years before that happens. That's so right. I doubt people are going to be watching these and be confused about which <laughs> year it is. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, you never know, I guess. Maybe maybe someday they'll be really confused. Do you know also, random fun fact for you, do you know that February and March always fall in the same, like, the same pattern? Except on a leap year. So every like Sunday date is the same date in February and March. So February 26th was a Sunday. March 26th is a Sunday. Get out. Because of 28 days. So it's, it works out to be exactly four weeks and you start over. There's no way. Anyways. All right. Let's I'm going to look that up. Let's move on. Talk about it. It's factual. My birthday was on February 12th. It was a Sunday. March 12th was a Sunday. I just know these things. Okay, anyways, um, we will dive in. We're going deeper into the sermon. That's what we are here to do. That's right. Time out Jesus in pain. Diving into Matthew 26, we're continuing our series in the Passion Week. Um, See a lot of passion and emotion from Jesus here on display. I think it's really good for us, too, to see that emotion come out of Christ um, because it helps us realize that he is fully human, like you said yesterday. Uh, we see the the deity of Christ, but also we see the humanity of Christ at a, a perfect, they perfectly meet. And um, and that's why we worship and praise him, because he is a God who experienced all the suffering and pain that we went through, experienced the joy that we go through, um, but ultimately gives us uh, the hope of salvation through him. Yeah, it's an interesting thought because, I mean, Hebrews obviously talks about how we have a high priest who can empathize because he's been through everything we've been through. And obviously God in his infinite knowledge would be able to understand and know these things and surely can feel all these things that we feel, but he made it visible for us in the person of Jesus, like Jesus physically experienced it. And so we see that from him. It's interesting too, because in the passage, um, in Matthew 26, Jesus brings along James, John, and Peter. And so they see this very human moment, this very painful moment. These three are also the ones who went to the mountain and saw Jesus on the, uh, when he was transfigured, mm-hmm. seeing his deity. And so you get this, hey, I'm showing you both natures of who I am. I'm showing you all of who I am. You get to see the entire perspective of Jesus as fully God and fully man. And so these three especially got to be in that inner circle and see um, see it on full display. We obviously get a picture into it just because of the words of scripture. But then um, how incredible would that have been to like at one moment see, and this is really why like you look and see Peter gets confused and calls Jesus the Messiah and then is like, no, you can't die because he right. saw the deity and he was okay with the deity part, but the humanity part, he didn't quite understand. Right. And th- those two stories are so interesting too, because it's like you, you have the transfiguration where uh, Christ is met by Moses and uh, is Elijah, Elijah, yes. Elijah yes. as well. And Peter's like, hey, let's make some tents. Like we'll camp out here. We'll have some fun. Like we'll, we'll, we'll stay here for a while. But then we get to the garden of... <laughs> Gethsemane and mm-hmm. we see him snoozing off to the side. He's like prayer. Mm. Again, he's not interested in the humanity side. Yeah. He's interested in the deity side. He gets there. <laughs> he understands it later on, but like, but it is, I mean, and this is the thing. I mean, this is why we have to really explore scripture because how often is it confused and missed? How often do we think we understand like Peter thought he understood the full picture of Jesus and he had a pretty good idea 
but he missed some pieces in there. And so we want to make sure that we're always diving into the word of God and exploring it so that we see the full picture. And this is one of those moments where God is telling us, hey, this is all that Jesus experienced. Like he experienced this sorrow, he experienced this pain. And you look at why he did that. He did that for you. So he's with you in your suffering, but also he suffered so that you can have hope in your suffering so that you know that there's an eternity to look forward to where this won't be any longer. Right. I love how uh, we we definitely live in a world today that highly emphasizes emotions, like how you feel and uh, acting on those feelings. And um, and it's just amazing how we have a perfect example of someone who experienced emotions but knew exactly what to do with them at the same time um, and, and how to uh, uh, submit to the Father at the same time. And so uh, it helps us just when we look at the life of Christ – when we see his emotional patterns, we and how he responded with that, we can do the same. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so actually, let me let me just pause right there yeah. because someone came up on on Sunday and asked a question about really th- this idea of saying, "Hey, so Jesus submitting to the Father, he's praying to the Father, um, and and asking for the Father, saying His will, but he, but they're both God, like right. it's, and so it's." It's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're, this is a deep question about one, the incarnation, Jesus being fully man and fully God, but also the Trinity of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one and yet three separate right. persons. And, and so it's it's a very interesting question that is one of those things that, that realistically, like we can explain it that, hey, both of these natures of Jesus exist fully together at the same time. Right. And yet while we talk about it, we can never fully understand it. Like our minds are not made to fully comprehend who God is and the idea of the Trinity and the idea of the incarnation. We, it's just something that we see, we accept, and we do our best to try and explain it. But there's always going to be some confusion about what that means. And there's all yeah. these different kind of views. But we know Jesus was fully man, fully God. He experienced everything as a man does. So it wasn't like, hey, I turn on the God part and I don't have to feel these things or... It's because I'm a God that I, that it's because I'm God. I want to make sure I, I, <laughs> yeah, I start yeah, to say, yeah. uh, God, <laughs> uh, it's because I'm God that I can, you know, get through this. No, like Jesus experienced in his humanity, all the same things that we experience. He felt the same emotions. He felt the same pain in his humanity. Um, and he submitted to the father's will as well. And so then there's whole Trinity stuff of the father sending the son and the spirits being sent by the father through the son and all these different things that work together that we don't have time to get into yeah. today but just know it is a it is one of those complicated questions that we do our best to try and answer mm-hmm. that i don't think we'll ever that we won't understand until the other side of eternity yeah and you have to be very careful with that question because if you're not you can start to dabble in the heresy <laughs> yeah you, you can get there very quickly it, <laughs> yeah. it won't it won't take you long when you start trying to talk about the i mean really then that's the thing that's why we need to study like what does the incarnation mean? Yeah. What is what does the Trinity mean? And these are questions that not everyone asks. Yeah. Um, and so some people just hear it and just kind of accept it and move forward with it. And then some people go, wait a second. He's praying to the Father, yeah. but him and the Father are one. Right. They're both God. So how does this how does this work? And so um, you know, it's something to explore yeah. and, and study. I think scripture is definitely clear, like they all have different roles. Mm-hmm. In terms of glory, they're all the same. Like, but their roles are different. And you see Jesus time and time again saying, I submit to the Father's will. Like I, um, 
he even says at one point, like the father is greater than I am. And so he's, and I, that's just more a humility approach and submissive approach. But at the same time, at one point in his life as well, he was like, all right, father, it's time to glorify me. Like, and so you see their, their glory is, uh, it's all the same different roles. Yeah. Well, a lot of what Jesus did is demonstrate to us how we should live as humans in submission to God. Um, and so that's where you get like Philippians two, where he talks about that Jesus being fully God did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped to be used to his own advantage. Like that wasn't his purpose in coming to earth. So he was demonstrating submission to the father in this moment. That's one of those things where he's showing us that yes, human grief and sorrow is a part of the human condition, but also here's what you do in life. And here's the way that you live in response to the father as well. Yeah. So last week, uh, pastor Dave spoke on anger. Uh, how do we experience anger and how do we deal with anger? I love how you guys, uh, talk, talked about flipping tables. Uh, man, that's something I've always wanted to do. I I'm, I'm being honest when I say that, and I don't know if I shared this on the podcast last week too. I did share it in the message. Like when I first heard that message as a kid, you know, I was like walking around and churches sell stuff in the lobbies oh, all yeah. the time. I mean, we sell like donuts and stuff in the cafe. And so I literally was like, these tables need to be flipped. Like this is sinful. We cannot do this. And take those and, donuts you know, had and to, had to kind of like process through that anyways. Yeah. But that's, that's not the point of the story. So, yeah. Yeah, I did think that was really funny, though. Um, but how and then this week you spoke on grief. Mm -hmm. Jesus experienced anger at one point. Now he experiences grief. How do those two pair together? Well, they pair together in the fact that they're both natural, normal human emotions. I mean, we we see that, you know, and, and a lot of times when you're going through something difficult, you know, you have the five stages of, of grief. And so anger is one of those stages that typically comes out. So sometimes in order to protect ourselves from grief, we go into anger, which is not necessarily a righteous anger. Um, but there's also situations that are going to make us angry and broken that we're going to experience grief over. You look at some of the injustices in the world, it's going to lead you to anger. It also can potentially lead you to feelings of grief and feelings of hurt and pain. Um, and you know, I mean, I think Jesus in this moment, he could have been angry about sin and maybe that's what, you know, that's what you see in Matthew 21 is he's angry over sin that is just so relevant. Um, or so like just right there in front of them. And then he also then later feels this grief over this burden that he has to take. And so this is a moment where he's not going to be angry that he has to take this, but he just is feeling the weight of that. So I think that, you know, it's important to remember that like, it's okay to feel these emotions. Um, no emotion is sinful in and of itself, but the way we use it, and even in our grief, we can sit in our grief. I mean, how many times in grief do people potentially turn and say, God, why are you doing this to me? Right. Like, and then ultimately go their own way because Hey, I want to find my own way out of it. And God didn't give me what I want. And therefore he's not fair or he's not right. And so I'm going to go and find a way to deal with my grief on my own. So I think both of these things are part of the normal human condition, but we have to be God honoring in them. And again, this is why Jesus, one of the reasons why he, he came as a man is so like why the incarnation is so important because we see him walk through these things and deal with these things in a righteous way. Yeah. And I don't know, more hypothetical here. Well, I don't know if it's hypothetical, but you see him uh, when he was angry, when he went into his father's house and mm -hmm. people selling stuff. And then you see him experiencing grief right now. You wonder if any of this had to do with the fact that he knew that his death is coming. Like his. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 
I'm sure it did because I, the, the whole last week of his life, I mean, this is why, you know, Matthew dedicates eight chapters to the last week of Jesus' life. And there's, there's 20 chapters for the first technically like 30, you know, something years. Right. And so, um, so we have a ton of time in this last week because it's significant because I think Jesus knows he's coming to the end. So all this passion's coming out of him because it's like, people need to get this. I need them to understand what's happening here. Right. I always think about that. Like if you knew the time and day and how you were going to die, how much would that stress you out? Yeah. I mean, probably quite a bit or I'm, I don't know. It might be freeing, I guess. Cause you just know that like, Hey, I'm going to use the last week to like do something important. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's obviously like, you know, sometimes we're afraid of death in a way that, that makes us like panic about when that hour is going to come. Yeah. But within, you know, an eternal hope, I mean, Jesus obviously was suffering because of what he was facing, but there, um, but, but I think at the same time, like he just knew he needed to use this time to make sure that people understood what, what he was all about. Yeah. So you mentioned yesterday as well that we as Christians oftentimes, uh, don't process grief in the appropriate way. Or, or when we're walking alongside someone else who is going through grief, we tend to use the phrase or, or the statement like, it'll all work out. Sure. It's all for God's good. You'll get through this. Hey, I'll pray for you. You know, those, those phrases that we tend to use. Uh, I'm curious, though, if you could expand on that a little bit more of like, what, what's, what's a healthy approach to that? What's a, a better approach to walking alongside someone? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I do not claim to have all the answers and, and, you know, I wasn't trying to do that in this message I was trying to lay out some, Hey, here's a, you know, a framework of some of the things Jesus did. He had a small community of people that he let in because sometimes we try and keep everyone out. And I think we need people. He also had time alone. He spent time in prayer. He spent time processing his grief. It's not good to keep it all bottled up. And I think that's what we try and do is we try and just make people not be sorrowful. And that's like, that's our goal is like, don't experience sorrow because it's for God's glory. And it's like, it might be, but there are some really difficult things that people walk through. And when you're in the middle of one of those difficult moments, um, let's say a loved one is sick and it's going to pass away. Like people come around you and they're like, it's for God's, it's for God's glory. Something better is going to happen. And you're like, but I don't want to lose this person. Like that's going to hurt. And you should feel that hurt. Like that's part of who we are. That's who we're made to be. And, and so I think that um, one of the big things is to allow yourself to process that, to deal with that again, to find community, um, to spend time alone, to spend time in prayer. Yes. Um, but, but I think that, you know, and I think there are resources out there talking about grief share from our church that probably does a much better job of kind of walking you through some steps that will help you in the grieving process and help in the healing process. Because a lot of times in our grief, what we're doing too is we have to figure out how to experience a new normal. And a lot of people just want us to go back to the way things were. And that's not the case. Like you got to take a step forward and say, things are going to be different. This is a new world that I'm stepping into and I have to figure out how to live and move forward in this, this new world. So I think as the biggest thing as Christians is yes, pray for them, obviously. Um, but I think try and be attentive to what they are asking for and mm -hmm. what they really need. Like, Oftentimes they don't need to hear it's for God's glory. Right. They probably know that. Um, That's a quick fix. Yeah. And what they, what they possibly need is just someone to, to just come along and be like, man, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And just 
how can I be there for you? Like, yeah. what, like that's probably the right thing to say more than anything else is just to like kind of empathize and, and to just say, Hey, I'm here for you, whatever you need, when you need it, like I want to be a support. So if I can be a shoulder to cry on, if I can, um, you know, take care of something for you. Um, you know, if you want to go and and have a conversation and you're looking for some of that comfort, but I think a lot of times we jump to the end of the hope and the joy and those are good things, but we need to allow ourselves to feel it because again, Jesus, he knew what this was for. He knew it was for, for God's glory. He knew that he would be resurrected. Like he told his followers that. So he knew that this was all going to work out but he also knew that it was a heavy burden to carry. And so he allowed himself to feel that. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's so good. And we need to, um, I think pause in moments of grief, like you were saying, and allow ourselves to feel sorrow and pain. And, uh, cause that's what grows us. That's how we, um, yeah, I think that's the fullness of what God is wanting for us to experience here on earth, not just bypass all that. And, and just say, hey, no, don't experience any of that. No, it's good for you. Yeah. And this is how you properly process grief. And, and I think that one of the things, I think one of the things we, we do and one of the reasons why we kind of go to the, like, it's for God's glory is we're trying to get people to see the end result. Like, hey, see the good that's coming. And it's like, we can't always do that. Sometimes you, you find it, but that's not always the case. And, and so in scripture, it talks about how um, not even a sparrow will fall apart from God's presence. It doesn't answer the question of why some of these things happen, but it does say God is with us through that. And so I think if God is with us through that as Christians, as image bearers, we should also be with people through that without trying to answer the why question, just be present. Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times that's the best thing that we can do. Um, and again, I mean, meet needs, whatever they may have, but be there for them, however that may look, but we don't need to, we don't need to answer why these things are happening. Yeah, just having a willingness to yeah. be present. I like that. Uh, Jesus says in verse 39, when he goes out to spend time in prayer, and I love how it says that he got on his face. Hmm. Like he, he got on his knees and his face to the ground, and he's spending time with the Father. Like that's a whole sermon in itself, mm -hmm. just position of prayer yeah. and like the proper position that we should be taking when it comes to having a conversation with the Lord. Uh, but he says after that, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And then he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. Why is this significant? Yeah. I mean, it's, this is, this is submission and this is really what being a follower of Christ is all about. It's surrendering our will, our desires, our dreams, our lives completely and totally to the father, um, completely and totally to Jesus. Like, and this is what he is demonstrating for us is that he's going to go through something incredibly painful, going to the cross, like receiving the, the cup of God's wrath. And, and yet he says, not as I will, but as you will. Why? Because he knows that the father's will is perfect. He knows that his plan is perfect. And, and so he is saying, I'm willing to be a part of that plan, even when it's painful for myself. And oftentimes we surrender parts of ourselves. I don't know that we 
fully, you know, fully surrendering takes a lot more effort and work. And so I think that's where it's a call to complete submission, complete surrender of saying, Hey, God, I'm all yours. Um, so my dreams are yours. My desires are yours. My relationships are yours. My finances are yours. All these things, like we surrender every piece of ourselves to him. Jesus is going to take on the most difficult thing any man has ever taken on, which is to receive the wrath of God, the punishment for our sin. And he says, I would like if I didn't have to do this, but not as I will, but as you will, your will be done because your plan is perfect. And, and I know that your will, your glory are more significant. And, and so that's the demonstration for us is to say, do we trust God? Do we believe that he is sovereign? Do we, we believe that he is all knowing, always present? Do we believe that his plan is perfect? If so, there's going to be some times where it's really challenging mm. and it's really difficult. There's going to be some calls to generosity, to love, to forgiveness that are hard, but we need to submit ourselves and trust him. And then as the scripture says, God works all things for the good of those who love him. Then the promises of like, Hey, uh, morning may last for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Um, you know, the promise of salvation is there. So we hold on to that as we walk through those dark valleys, but we trust his plan, submitting ourselves to him. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. I've always looked at this and I've always wrestled with the question of why did Jesus say this? Was it more so an example for us? Like, did he say this phrase so that we can learn from it and go, um, of course, this is not my preference, but Lord have your way. Let this be your will. Like my question has always been, did Jesus really want to avoid going to the cross or was this more of a, uh, just an example for us? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, yeah, I think he absolutely would have preferred to avoid going to the cross and dealing with the wrath of the father. Because again, we have to see Jesus in his, his, yes, he's fully God. He's also fully man. And so for any man to experience what Jesus experienced on the cross physically and emotionally, that's a lot to bear, right? Your friends are deserting you. People are mocking you. I mean, then the, like the physical beatings, the nails in the hands, like, and then the cross, I mean, it, it's, you, you suffocate, like that's what happens on the cross. So there's a lot of pain, but then again, enduring the wrath of God is significant. And so in his humanity, he dealt with these things because he had to be the perfect man in order to be the perfect sacrifice. And so I genuinely think that he would have preferred not to have to suffer this way, but knows this is your will. And so it's just kind of a like, Hey, can we come up with anything else? Like, is there, you know, can we actually get like a real lamb maybe and sacrifice that? Like, let's go back to, you know, that kind of sacrifice. No, but he, he's always willing. Like he always knew that this was going to happen. But I think that yes, his, his human, like the humanity in him is saying, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer not to have to deal with this, mm. but he's going to submit his will and his desires and his life to the father. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, <clears throat> uh, you mentioned it already. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about it, about him actually being on the cross. And I think we'll probably get to this in a few weeks. Uh, <laughs> probably it's an Easter story. Yeah. You know. yeah. It has, it has significant crucifixion, resurrection. Yeah. 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 It's coming up. Um, so it, he experienced a physical death. Mm -hmm. The humiliation, the uh, the beatings prior to him actually going to the cross, him being so exhausted that he couldn't even carry it anymore, um, and then the uh, suffocation that he experienced 
being on the cross uh, and the mocking and whatnot. Uh, but would you say, and maybe you already said it, but would you say that's not the worst part? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I see what you're saying. Yes, I think that the 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 physical pain of the cross, the emotional strain of of people deserting him. I, I mean, that's all bad, and that's part of the suffering. But there's there's more to it than that. And when he says, "Take this cup away from me," um, he he's referencing the cup of the Father's wrath that needs to be poured out on sin. God is just; he's going to deal with sin. God hates sin. Um, sin is an offense to him, to a holy God, sin is rebellion against God. And so he is going to judge sin to the full weight of the, of the law. And so his wrath will be poured out on sin. That is what we deserve. Like the, the Bible makes it clear that we deserve death and there's nothing we can do to pay for that on our own. And so even all the sacrifices that are made in the old Testament just are not sufficient. They're, they're not good enough to make up for that. And so Jesus knew that he was going to have to take from that cup. Um, I will just read a couple of these really quickly. Uh, Isaiah 51, 17 says, wake yourself, wake yourself, stand up, O Jerusalem. You who have drunk from the, the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath, uh, who have drunk to the dregs of the bowl, the cup of staggering. So, um, and then well, I don't want to read, read the rest, but Revelation 14, 10, Job 21, 20, they, they talk about the cup of wrath that exists. And so this is the cup that, that he is taking from that is causing such great grief upon him. It's, it's not just the physical stuff, which is enough to do it, right? Like if we knew we were facing that, that'd be pretty stressful. Um, it would cause a lot of grief in us, but also that idea of I'm gonna face the Father's wrath and, and experience the punishment for humanity's sin. Hmm. That's what's causing this significant emotional moment for him. And that should do something in the believer. Like we should, uh, we can't take that so lightly. We can't view what he did um, so lightly. That should really change anyone who reads the story of Jesus and his purpose. Um, that should change the perspective of anyone who reads it. Realizing that this perfect man stepped in our way uh, so that we wouldn't have to experience uh, eternal separation from God, but that he gave us a way to be eternally renewed and, and brought back to the Father. Yeah, the greatest injustice in all of human history, and th this can be hard to, to hear sometimes, but the greatest injustice in all of human history was Jesus dying on the cross. Like he is the one perfect person. He did not deserve it, and yet he took that place for us anyways. So we, we come with this, this dual nature of mourning over our sin and the fact that he had to die and yet rejoicing over his sacrifice that the, the price has been paid and we receive life. And so that's, you know, that's the gospel message that it should lead us to repentance because we mourn over our sin and our brokenness, but we also are led to joy and hope and rejoicing because Jesus paid the price for us and we have eternity to look forward to. Yeah. Well, uh, this was a good, good time talking about this. Uh, and I enjoyed the sermon on Sunday. Again, if you are someone who is struggling with grief, uh, we offer grief share and uh, there are people that are willing to walk alongside you uh, through that process. So I'm looking forward to the few weeks uh, before Easter. Easter is coming up. Yeah. Palm Sunday is coming up next week, which we're not talking about Palm Sunday because we already covered that. So we'll see the continued process in these last moments of Jesus' life. Here. Yeah, and really emphasize this story even more of when Jesus is on the cross. And hopefully, prayerfully, people will come to know uh, the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. So 
Uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.